Now it's Just Plane Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Take me to the Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir, I'd like you to take the helm, please. I'll be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot, that is me, along with Captain Keith and Dennis. Rounding out the crew as we navigate the latest aviation news and information here on Just Plane Radio. The show devoted to the aviation lifestyle and learning to fly. All right, so obviously a lot has been happening uh, in the news, and our aviation community has really stepped up to the plate and uh, doing what they can to help the Bahamas out. And we're going to cover that as uh, more you know uh, stories come out. Uh, is what they've done to step up and be kind of like the first responders to get supplies up to the northern end of the Bahamas. That's good stuff, right, Keith? It's really good stuff, is it not? Absolutely. It feels good to be part of that community, for sure. But uh, we're going to save that for another show. And this show, for once, we're going to talk about me. It's about time. (laughs) For once, we're going to talk about me and my uh, desire to learn how to fly, which brings us to our first guest. That would be uh, Gary Crump who is the uh, Director of Medical uh, Certifications at AOPA. Uh, uh, Gary, welcome once again to uh, Just Plain Radio. How are you? Hey, Greg. Glad to be back. Yeah, glad you invited me. Anytime. You know, uh, I need all the help I can get when it comes to me learning to fly because, you know, as everybody knows, because they email me constantly saying, hey, when are you going to get back in the cockpit and learn how to fly? And, you know, I, I got a little derailed. Uh, a few years ago with a heart issue i had to have open heart surgery one-way bypass didn't even get a three-way out of it however it is what it is gary and and i'm totally healed i've been cleared by the docs and i need to get back in the uh, cockpit and start learning to fly with uh well with captain keith and ed at flight training professionals if they'll have me so i I won't they well okay maybe it'll be dennis he's a flight instructor now too but uh regardless (laughs) I, I I wanted to bring you on because you deal with this kind of question at AOPA all the time. Am I right? Oh, yeah. That's uh, one of the most common special issuances that we deal with here is uh, cardiovascular disease. It kind of runs in the in the population. So it's a it's a pretty popular condition to, to have and certainly a popular one to get a special issuance for. Yeah. Well, I, I belong to a club now. Uh, which I wish I didn't, but it is what it is, but it is become more and more common. And it's really not a career changing kind of thing. If you want to learn how to fly, as I have found out, and we've talked about many times already on the show, but it's been a while for me to not just get physically healed, which uh, that was probably at least a year and a half ago. It's really been a little bit more on the mental side of things too, but I'm there now. Well, and that would be debatable. Keith just looked like, yeah, really? Come on. Let's be real. But uh, but now that I'm ready, what do I need to do other than like, uh, you know, get like a stress test thing kind of done with a cardiologist or something? That's the first step or is it? Well, actually, the first step is pull your medical records together because one of the mistakes that, that pilots make sometimes when they uh, start pulling records together to provide to the FAA, they'll go to their healthcare provider, their cardiologist or the hospital or the surgical center or wherever their procedure was done and they'll say, Hey, I need all my medical records. Mm-hmm. And if there was a two or three or four day hospitalization, that may be 200 pages worth of 
nurse's notes and medications reports and your urine input and output and what you ate and, uh, you know, uh, uh, hourly checks, there's a lot of unnecessary information. So hmm. it's important that you give the FAA what they want, but the, the unwritten or perhaps it is the written rule that we just never see is you never give the FAA anything they don't ask for. So there's very specific medical records the FAA wants to see. And that just quickly, that includes the um, if you're hospitalized, that's an admission history and physical. Mm-hmm. That's a report that's dictated by the surgeon or the doctor that's going to be taking care of you when you're in the hospital. And in, in the case of bypass surgery, obviously, they'll want to see the uh, pre-op cath report because you had a heart catheterization before you actually had the surgery. They had to kind of know what they were going to do before they split your chest open and uh, started probing around. Mm-hmm. Then uh, the actual operative report, that's the surgical report dictated by the surgeon that uh, did the procedure. And then uh, you'll have a discharge summary. And that's really pretty much all the FAA needs to see as as far as your hospital records are concerned. Okay. Is this something like, a, is there a list of this stuff that I would go to AOPA.org and get this? Or do I need to call you and have uh, <clears throat> one of the medical folks there at AOPA help me walk uh, walk me through this process? You should just I write do it, do it down as he's giving yeah, it to you Yeah, right I was going to say, geez, yeah. I'm supposed to be taking notes. Yeah, you don't right even have to do that because it's all on our website. We okay, good. A, uh, yeah, we've got detailed information and uh, obviously we don't make this stuff up. So we, we go out to the FAA's website and... Um, see what they've written up. And then we kind of, we, which usually means me, I do a lot of the content writing for our, what we call our information or subject reports. And we kind of put them into plain language and uh, try to make them as, as easily understood as possible and try to do it in kind of like a checklist like fashion because right. no pot like checklist. So mm-hmm. it's, it's very specific. Our information report for coronary artery disease because the same evaluations are required if you have a stent, if you just have a plain old angioplasty, or if you have bypass surgery. But uh, things are a little bit different now for third class because of the basic med uh, legislation and regulations that went into effect a couple of years ago. There's no mandatory waiting period for a third class special issuance um, process to begin after you have a stent or bypass surgery. Doesn't apply to you because you're well past uh, the what used to be the six month requirement for uh, anybody after having bi- bypass surgery. Got that it. still applies for pilots that are looking for a first or a second class medical. But for third class, as soon as your cardiologist is comfortable putting on a on a treadmill test, and that's a maximum treadmill. We'll talk about that in a minute. Mm-hmm. You can start the process probably as little as maybe four to six weeks after your bypass or. You probably want to wait a little bit longer than that. But people that just have a stent, uh, frequently they're they're on the treadmill four weeks after their stent procedure. But for bypass, yeah, that's a, that's a, a a bit more uh, involved operation, and your recovery time is going to be a little bit longer. But bottom line is, whenever your doctor's comfortable putting you on that treadmill, then you're good to go. Got it. So I get my list of stuff uh, of what I need on the website. I take it into my doctor and I say, hey, I need all these records, and give them to me. Is, is that the first step, so to speak? Uh-huh. Yep, that'd be the first step because right. the historical records, obviously, don't, they don't change any. So the, the hospital records, and a lot of times your your provider will have it because hospital records are pretty much electronic now. So uh, if you're done in the hospital, um, those records will be available through the kind of through the network for the hospital. So your physician's office probably has access to them 
Otherwise, you have to contact the hospital records library directly, and they can provide that information to you. And once again, all that stuff is on AOPA.org, where you can get right. that uh, checklist, so to speak. Okay, now, so let's go to the stress test. You're saying it's a specific type of uh, stress test you would do after you feel up to it, so to speak, and they say you're good to go? Yeah, it's a standardized stress test. It's called the Bruce Protocol. It's one of the oldest protocols around, and it just means it's a, it's a specific parameters uh, for that type of a test. The Bruce Protocol is a, a, a nine-minute test. It's made up of three stages. Each stage is three minutes long. And uh, they start you out basically flat on the treadmill with, you know, walking pretty slow. So uh, just to get you warmed up after three minutes, they'll elevate the um, the gradient of the treadmill and pick up the speed of the treadmill a little bit and do another three minutes. And then the third stage, the seventh, eighth, and ninth minute. They see if they really, can kill you. Yeah. I know this because I did this live on the radio. I did my oh, Bruce Protocol stress test. Now, you? Yeah, I did it, but it was like a year and a half ago. Is there a time limit? Does it expire? Uh, yeah. How soon after I get the test do I got to get it turned into the FAA? The FAA defines current for their purposes is within the preceding 90 days. Okay. So you need to get your stuff in there uh, within 90 days after the test is done. Same way with your lab work. Everything's going to be current. Mm-hmm. And that includes the, the lab work that you'll need as well. That's, that's pretty straightforward. They just want to see your cholesterol, your triglycerides, and your fasting blood sugar. Diabetes and cardiovascular disease kind of go hand in hand. So the FAA requires a, an A1C or a fasting blood sugar. And then if that's elevated, they want to see what's called an A1C hemoglobin which calculates a, kind of a weighted average of your blood sugar over a, about a nine-week period of time. But, I've had all that stuff done, but it's not as current as it needs to be. So i got to right. start all over again. Daggone it! All right, so you just go to AOPA.org. Is it slash medical, or what is it? Just go to the homepage, AOPA.org, and uh, right above the graphics, the pictures on the homepage, whatever they happen to be, you'll see a, a link that says Pilot Resources. Just hover over that link and you'll see medical certification. Click on medical certification. That'll take you to our landing page. And then from there, you look for health conditions that can affect certification. And then you go to the uh, heart and vascular page of that website. And uh, there you'll be able to find the specifications for the special issues. Gary, appreciate it. Gary Crump, Director of Medical Certifications at AOPA. A pleasure. And we'll talk to you uh, again real soon, my friend. Greg, my pleasure. Call me if you need anything. Sure will. And we got more coming up on Just Plain Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. 
Flightstudy.com. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. Be an explorer in the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I didn't play golf today. I took a flying lesson. Mm-hmm. And how was that? Uneventful. So what do you want to do? Fly alone in your little plane? No. The whole point is to find something we can do together. What are you waiting for? Spread your wings and fly. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Keith and Dennis rounding out the crew today as we navigate the latest aviation news and information. And I don't know, just uh, get me inspired on uh, getting back in the cockpit and learning how to fly. That is my goal. And if uh, paperwork and homework that, you know, Gary Crump just talked about is a little bit of a turnoff, and it is, I I might have to uh, dig deeper for some inspiration, which brings us to our next guest. Uh, Captain Jim Folson, who is the proud new under, uh, owner of a uh, RV7, and he's already been taking advantage of it and flying all around the world. And I don't know, where are you uh, today there, Jim? I'm in Woodruff, South Carolina at the Triple Tree Aerodrome. Triple Tree Aerodrome? No. Aerodrome. It's a fancy word for airport. You just say airport. Okay, I'll just go with airport. Yes, you got yeah. to dumb it down for, for a, a newbie like me. But yeah, uh, yeah. That, it, that's the layman's terms. Yeah, we'll yeah. get that. So you you're, you flew your new plane in there. Was this like your first big kind of flying event, or what are you doing? Uh, actually, we went to a little um, uh, wings and wheels deal where they had car show and uh, flying at uh, Sugarbush in um, Vermont. Yeah, actually, when my dad uh, had his medical issues, you know, with his medical. Uh, he took up soaring, and that's where he was doing soaring. So we flew over there and um, and hung out for an afternoon. It was nice. Okay, so now you're a veteran at these things. Uh, are, right. are, are you winning more awards like you did at Air Venture with your new uh, RV7? No, I don't think there's been any opportunity to win any awards. So hmm. it's uh, been just a pleasure thing. Just a pleasure showing off your new machine. Which what what did you call her? I mean, you named your plane, didn't you? What is it? No, you no. Didn't. I thought no, you were supposed I don't to do name planes. You name boats. You don't name planes. You don't name planes at all, Keith. Yeah, it's not some a thing. People do some I'm people not do? One of them. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I named I, I named my uh, new computer. You son of a bitch! <laughs> but uh, 
That might just be me, but no, I, I think you ought to name it. I th- you have a big uh, plaque on there, uh, in it, like saluting your dad and stuff on your plane. Well, yeah, on, I, when you open the oil door on the inside, is a airbrush mm-hmm. painting of me and my dad. Okay. It, but I'm not going to name it Al. <laughs> you can call it Al. That's fine. Oh, yeah, you got a whole song you could use to do, to remind you. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, but uh, but, but Jim okay. is not the most politically correct guy in the world, so he would not do that. Which explains why he's talking to us too. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So what's wrong with uh, naming your airplane? I named mine Dory. At least that way, when I tell people I'm spending time with Dory, they think it's my wife. Ah, okay. Uh, it really doesn't matter what his wife thinks, I guess, but at least everyone else thinks that. So I don't know. You got to come about up perceptions, with, right? You you got to be like uh, Dennis, don't you? Don't you there? No, Jen? no. I got smoky. I, I can't. Anything else would be a step down. <laughs> oh, good point. Okay, I wasn't really talking about a wife swap kind of thing, but whatever. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, you are show showing off your new ride, or just enjoying having the freedom of having your own aircraft to fly around and and have these kind of outings. I guess, right? Yes, I am. Well, tell us about a uh, triple tree. What a uh, uh, aerodrome. 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 Is yeah, it, you got it now. Uh, not really, but if that's what you, you know, say, you what can it, practice. What is that place like? What What do they have there? Oh uh, well, it's it's uh, this guy bought this land and um, made a, a huge grass runway. It's uh, seven thousand foot by four hundred, I think, hmm. and um, they've got quite a collection of airplanes. They've got a Spartan Executive and a P-51, the Stearman and the Air Cam and the Cub and, uh, you know, restored. They're all beautiful. And um, we were up here for an RAF event, I think, three years ago. And it's just gorgeous. I heard somebody call it the Augusta National of Grass Strips, and it, it's quite nice. And um, they, uh, they have a educational center. He's real into getting kids into aviation and um, it's, uh, I guess it's actually a foundation now, and um, uh, it, it's just a, it's a it's a gorgeous place. Nice. Uh, and as and, far uh, as uh, you know, what what I mean, well, how many other aircraft are there are out there with you? Figure. I don't know. It's hard to tell because they're not. It's not like you know Oshkosh or Sunderland where they're all in rows, you know, and you can do a little multiplication, which would be hard for you. But um, <laughs> they're all Thank tucked you. back in. <laughs> They're all tucked back in trees and stuff like that. So I don't know. The, the attendance is way down this year because of that hurricane. Yeah. Um, but I heard somebody saying that the weather here was actually better than they'd ever had it. So it just didn't come back in, you know, that the hurricane didn't come that far in. Right. But uh, but everybody on the coast and down in Florida and stuff, they didn't, they didn't come up. But today, you know, it started um, really picking up. And the well, C-47 came in a little while ago, and um, but I, I guess there's got to be a couple hundred airplanes here anyway. Well, I was going to say, I mean, is it kind of a, or is it a challenge at all to get in and out of that place when they're having an event like this, or not really? And they, had a, they had a little, some instructions to fly this way, and, you know, like a mini Oshkosh kind of thing. Right. And, but when I came in, I, I, the wind was supposed to pick up later in the day, so... I took off at 8 o'clock at night out of Plattsburgh, New York, and stopped for fuel in Carlisle, Pennsylvania, and landed in Greenville, which is only 20 miles from here. Hmm. About 3 in the morning, waited for the sun to come up, and I was I was the first one in. There wasn't, there wasn't anybody else coming in then. Well, and, um, 
Well, the more and, flights you're getting in on your new RV7, are you just enjoying it that much more? Is it just getting even more and more comfortable uh, when you yeah. you know play with the you know the limits of this new aircraft that you have? Have you even even come close to the limits? You think at this point? Oh no, I, so. <laughs> I haven't even pushed the limits. I'm still trying to. You know, I am. I'm getting fairly comfortable with it, and the avionics is, you know, is a different thing. And, um, but it's a, it's, it's all fun. It is all fun. I'm sure when you have a new yeah. toy to play with. Yeah, and uh, there's um, there's a strong likelihood my boy will be joining us tomorrow. Oh, okay. And I don't, I'm pretty stoked about that. I, yeah, it's been too long since he and I were in an aviation vet together. Mm-hmm. So we're looking forward to that. And well, uh, I know I asked it, you this last time. Uh, you know, you only had it a, a few weeks when we spoke to you last time about this. But now that you've had a little bit more, you've done a few more cross-country flights with your RV7, are you finding anything in it uh, that you're thinking like, oh, I should have got more of this or that? Because last time you said you had everything in the kitchen sink, you, you didn't think there would be anything. But it's been some time now. I'm thinking, surely there's something you want to upgrade already. That's just natural. Uh, right? No, just uh, I might like to figure out a little bit of interior lighting. The switches are not backlit, so, you know, maybe like a little dome light. But other than that, I mean, it's little stuff like that. I got gotcha. you. No, nothing, but you can solve with a flashlight or a helmet. Yeah, well, well, I'm trying to get to where I don't have to use flashlights. Okay. All right. Well, see, I knew there was something there. It's just uh, how it goes with aviators. They always find yeah. something. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get to that point. Absolutely. All right. all right. Well, you enjoy it, and we'll talk to you again soon, my friend. All right. I look forward to it. Love you guys. We got more coming up on Just Plane Radio. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Up around the stratosphere at 31,000 feet. I'm gonna fly on out of here on wings that you can't see. If you're gonna fly high without fear, you're gonna have to learn to love the atmosphere, and you gotta learn to use those wings you can't see. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co pilot, that's me along with Captain Keith and Dennis rounding out the crew as we navigate the latest aviation news and information. And then uh, just talk about stuff to inspire me to fly. So, uh, you know, I need a plane. You know, the thing is, we didn't talk to Jim about. Uh, he had uh, he said he knew of a plane that he could sell me. And he said, uh, would that help inspire you? And I said, well, it would if he just gave it to me. But I'm I'm pretty certain he wanted me to buy it. Do well, you, you, find- could, you could probably buy uh, an American Airlines MD-80 for fairly cheap right now. Really? An MD-80? Yeah. Well, why? Why are they so cheap? Because they just they retired them. them. The MD eighty has been retired. Retired. Well, American has retired them. Oh, so they got a bunch of them for sale right now. They're all sitting in the desert. Hmm. Well, I knew those. Uh, you're not talking about the ones at the FAA grounded. No, that's the nope. that's the Boeing seven thirty seven. So the MD eighty is uh, how how many seats in that monster? That's a fairly good size. Typically, airplane. it's about one hundred and forty. Okay, so if I took out like most of the seats and turned it into like a, you know, like a flying nightclub kind of thing, put in some disco lights, a mirror ball, that kind of thing. I seem to recall a gentleman's publication a number of years ago did something very similar with that. Yeah, the the, the big bunny. Yeah, you, you might want to use a slightly different aircraft for that, though. 
Why? Otherwise, they'd all have to be very short people. Yes. You start dancing, especially with a disco ball in there. Everybody be, would be there's not, not enough uh, space. Well, not for you. You kind of need like a 787 Dreamliner to accommodate uh, Keith dancing. Well, okay, come on. I mean, <laughs> if you're going to go big, okay, as well. Go, All right. Go big or go home. Are there serious bargains on these things? Have they put them up for sale for real? Or are they just there and you figure you can make an offer? Typically, anything that's been put out in the desert is for sale. Yeah. What would you use it for? The, uh, the reason why they're retiring them is they're, they're getting newer, more fuel-efficient, quieter airplanes. Okay, That's so someone's going to buy them. Somebody's going to buy them. It may not be an individual uh, private aircraft guy like me, but someone's going to pick them up. Somebody will. On the cheap, I guess. But if you got a few bucks laying around, why not? Take a look. More coming up on Just Plane Radio. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Now go fly, be free. Time for me to fly. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, a co-pilot. That's me, along with Captain Keith and Dennis rounding out the crew. All right. So, uh, you know, Jim had told me last week, he actually texted me, and he said, hey, Greg, you know, I know you're looking to get back in the cockpit to learn how to fly finally. Uh, I got an aircraft you might want to consider picking up uh, that is not an MD-80, a retired aircraft from American. But, you know, a little trainer. He didn't get specific, but he obviously had something in mind. You know, and as the proud new owner of a uh, RV7, I assume it was something like that or a Cessna 150 or, you know, 172 or something like that. And, you know, I, I've talked about this before. I, I don't know that I, I – I definitely think if I got my own aircraft like that, Keith, and you can help me out as a flight instructor as well as Dennis, I think it would inspire me to want to get, you know, certified quicker if you have your own aircraft. But I kind of have my sights set on a bigger aircraft. Uh, long term, you know, we've talked about the Grand Caravan. We've talked about the the Quest Kodiak and getting something. That's my ultimate aircraft of what I think I would, you know, ultimately want to do is bounce around the islands in the Caribbean and and do something like that. And I, I kind of want to jump right into it, you know. But so as far as well, learning, all, so you got to start somewhere. Well, you got to. But I'm just saying, wouldn't I be better off just like leasing a 172? You know, and get your certificate, learn on an aircraft like that, or even a 150. But you don't necessarily want to buy one, do you? That all depends on how you can buy the airplane. If you can buy the airplane cheap enough, then it's Mm -hmm. a great way to get your certification done. It also teaches you uh, aircraft ownership. What is it all about? Right. How do you maintain an airplane? What's all involved? And can help you out in the long run when you do what you're talking about doing, which is buying a much bigger, more expensive aircraft. Okay. So the advantage would be 
it could potentially be cheaper, maybe, as opposed to leasing. It could be, yeah, if you buy the airplane right. I know a lot of people that have purchased airplanes to do that. I know one guy in particular, he bought an airplane for his kids to learn how to fly. Yeah. And within 150 hours or so, maybe less than that, maybe 125 hours, uh, had to replace the engine. Ouch. So then it becomes not very efficient or effective. Right. So you got to make sure you buy the right thing. Correct. Buy low, sell high, that kind of there stuff. There you go. If you can make a little bit of money on it, especially if you can buy one that needs a little TLC mm-hmm. and you can do that to it uh, inexpensively, make it look a little bit nicer, then you can turn around and make a little bit of money on it and get your ratings in the meantime. Got it. Well, that's kind of what uh, Dennis has done you know, with his Mooney 201. He's done pretty well with that so far, right, Dennis? Yeah, I have. I mean, when I first got it, I, you know, we obviously wanted to come down and go dive in Florida. We knocked some of those things out. But, you know, once you have the airplane available to you and it's no longer uh, a scheduling conflict with trying to get the time, it's a lot easier to just go out and say, okay, you know what? I should just get my commercial license. Why not? Uh, you know, prove it to myself that I can fly to, you know, a little bit higher standards. And mm-hmm. once you got that out, it's like, well, maybe I should get my instructor rating. I got, you know, a daughter that wants to learn to fly. I've got a uh, a co-host that, uh, you know, might someday get his medical and want to learn to fly. So, yes. you know, that could be a good, good thing. And, you know, being comfortable in your own airplane, as opposed to, you know, run it, going down to the flight school. And, uh, you know, at our flight school, we don't have the, the consistency of a fleet like they do at FT pros. So you're always getting in different airplanes with different avionics and well, you're more vested in it if you have your own yeah. aircraft. So I think, yeah, there might be more motivation to get things done. Uh, quicker and stuff like that if if it's your own you know it's your baby so to speak right Keith? Yeah, exactly all right but so you could take either route but the trick is finding one that's the right price and there's a ton of them out there that especially these trainers like that that i'm sure you know that's what jim was referring to he's he flies in that community that people are flying into these you know kit uh fly-in type events or whatever and and there's always something for sale Right. You know, people are talking amongst themselves like, yeah, I got a 150 trainer. I really don't use it anymore. It's a great plane, but need to hand it off to someone who could make, you know, make more use of it. You just have to get into that group of folk, I guess, right? Exactly. The biggest the biggest obstacle to learning to fly for most people is going to be finances. Mm-hmm. And so if you have the finances to get your own airplane and maintain it and keep it running, great. And if you, you don't. Do you you find someone like Keith who has a, a pretty good credit limit, and uh, you just you just take his credit card when he's not looking. Yeah, you've done that a few times. <laughs> well, you yeah. should talk to the Just Plane Radio accountant and see what the what the business could do because they could take the airplane and uh, write it off over with accelerated depreciation and all right. this kind of stuff. And then when you go to sell it, the act, the airplane actually wound up not costing you a penny. And when you define your mission as, as it evolves, you know, you're right now, your mission's a trainer. Yeah. Eventually you want to go longer distances. So you start looking at a higher performance, uh, single, or maybe even a twin and, you know, the business buys it, the business sells it. You get to take the tax advantages of that. And, mm-hmm. you know, you could, you know, well, there's a lot to, to be account. said for that. Don't get me wrong. But once again, I've always had that kind of, uh, mentality. Uh, if I'm going to buy something, I want to get what I, I want to ultimately fly. You know, and and it's not going to be an MD-80 from American. That's a little too big. But let's be a realistic, but, Greg. Yeah. Uh, at your, you know, your Why experience start now? level. <laughs> yeah. But at your experience level, would an insurance company even put you in a caravan? 
you know, you're going to need to work up some experience and get an instrument rating and things like that. So yeah. starting off with a Skyhawk might be the perfect airplane for just plain radio. Well, once again, if I found the right deal, maybe so. But I, I still kind of have this thought that I'd be better off just, you know, leasing something and, and you know, uh, or renting it as I go to get my certificates and then go. But you do the, a lot of if that, you right, look at If you look at the past history of your flight training, yeah, yes, you should definitely lease an airplane. Wait, wait, what? I know, I'm, now I'm confused. Because you don't fly near enough to make ownership. It would have had oh, oh, three annuals with zero hours on it. Well, in the last one I flew, it kind of got decommissioned after I stopped flying it, right? So if I'm going to stretch out the journey that long, you know, it, it make much better sense just lease a plane because chances are it's going to need a new engine by the time I finally finish my training. Exactly. <laughs> And it won't be because of uh, all of the hours that you put on it. It'll probably because it was sitting so long. Well, yeah. Uh, and you don't want to do. Engines time out at 12 that. years. Is that what it is? Yes. Okay. Now I know. Well, I'm not going for a 12-year record here. But I'm You're well getting on, close. I'm well on my way. All right. Well, uh, you know, I could get an aircraft. You know, maybe I'll get lucky. And I'll win that publisher's clearinghouse thing. And Steve Harvey will come up and give me one of them giant checks for 1000 bucks a day. And I'll apply, you know, a certain amount of that to my flight training in a new aircraft. Uh, but, you know, there's so many things to take into account. I don't think I would run a, actually buy one of those American MD-80s. I mean, you saw what the guy happened with him uh, last week with the uh, mechanic down there. Well, you got to have a mechanic you can trust and one that isn't trying to get overtime because the airplanes are broken. Yeah. What, what was up with that? That way. Well, apparently, yeah, I, I guess one of the mechanics uh, thought it would be a good idea to go and uh, jam a piece of foam into one of the static lines on an airliner in order to get the airplane to, uh, you know, basically have to uh, abort a flight and yeah. come back for maintenance so that he could work some extra overtime because he wasn't getting paid, in, you know, enough hours and was uh, figured that this would be a good way to guarantee some overtime income and it'd be easy for him to fix. How rare because, do you think this is, Keith? I'm hoping it's extremely rare. that. That is extremely rare. Do we know, though? We, I mean, he could just be the first guy who got caught, you think? <laughs> I, I, I would like to think not. I would like to think not as well because I'm flying out of Miami, yeah. out of American, actually, next week. I, I think it is much more prevalent uh, that you have owners, managers, what have you, that are trying to push the mechanics to not do everything up to 100% just so they can get the flight out. Just make it workable and get the flight out. Yeah. The mechanics don't typically don't want to not do it. Because yeah. it's it's they know that everything is lying on them. Right. And and even if the plane would have taken off, I mean the, the pilots in command uh boarded the flight because they realized they had a problem. But if they would have taken off and then found the problem, worst case it probably would have just had to fly back to the airport, right? And land. Correct. It yes. wasn't like gonna be a catastrophic event. Right. That he caused. It was just an uh, annoyance type of uh, a thing that he caused, but which was is just as bad if you're a passenger. It, it is. And, and depending on what the weather was as well, and I don't remember what it was in that particular case, as long as it's VFR piece of cake, not a big deal. But, you know, if it would have been IFR weather. Yeah, that would have been uh, bad. You don't want that happening anyway. So which goes back to, like, you know, if they didn't maintain those MD-80s. He had control over some of them that they retired. I don't know if I want to buy one. Worst things have happened with TSA. And we got more coming up on Just Plain Radio.
Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Be an explorer in the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. For nearly 75 years, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association has been a beacon for those who cherish the freedom to fly. AOPA protects your rights as a pilot by fighting airspace restrictions, fuel taxes, user fees, airport closings, and other issues that threaten your ability to take to the sky. AOPA is on the front lines every day to ensure that general aviation and the interests of its members are promoted and safeguarded. Learn more about how you can become a member at AOPA.org. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. You are now clear for takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. So I get off the plane and I forgot to undo my seatbelt and I'm pulling the plane through the terminal. And the wings are knocking people over. And then I almost broke both my arms trying to hold open a revolving door for a woman. Take these broken wings and learn to fly again. Learn to live so free. Take these broken wings. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Keith and Dennis rounding out the crew. And uh, we're just getting inspiration for me to learn how to fly, whether it's a new aircraft, uh, you know, getting all my paperwork done into the FAA so I can get my special issuance, whatever it takes uh, to motivate me is is what this is all about, I guess. Uh, you know, proper training is obviously the key. I, I kind of have an ace up my sleeve, you know, working with Ed and Keith. And now Dennis, he's a CFI as well. But Ed and Keith have flight training professionals. So when I do... Uh, hop back up, uh, you know, in the air. I hope to go with them if they'll let me. And is it, is it still an option, by the way, or do I got to find another route? It's still yeah. an option. The whether or not you exercise that option is gonna, is still the question. Okay, all right. So you know, you can fl- follow my flight path if you. It's really all about the journey. <laughs> which 
is what uh, I've kind of stuck to for the last few years. But you might be uh, better off if you get you know more training, or or maybe you're not quite ready to get your you know private pilot certificate. But you're you're a kid in school, and there's uh, we have a story, or we have some tips on what you can do. What is this during high school or college or what, Dennis? Yeah, the article's geared for high school, but, you know, most of our listeners are probably beyond that point in their career, but many of them, I bet, have kids that are going to school just like I do. And, Mm -hmm. you know, what are some of the things that for somebody that's desiring to be a pilot, what should they be focusing on in school and even in college? And this article really goes into, uh, you know, a lot of of good points about, you know, taking math. You know, you may not think, you know, what do I need to use math for? But as a pilot, what kind of things do we have to do on an everyday basis? We've got to calculate takeoff and landing distances. We need to be able to quickly calculate the weight of the fuel that we're putting in the airplane or how much weight, you know, we, we have left for cargo after we put our fuel on and figure out our flight plans, things like that. So the basic math is actually, you know, really crucial. So have, being good at math would definitely benefit and help you uh, in an aviation career. I, I have no doubt about it, but thank God for apps and a calculator. Yeah, uh, flight is really uh, taking a lot of that off the table, but still being able to quickly think, you know, six pounds to the gallon, how many gallons do I need, that kind of thing, it, it's helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I can't rely on the computer 100% of the time. Yeah, but a math, um, if you're a math lead in high school, that's only going to play to your advantage if you want to get into it. It'll aviation. certainly help you, absolutely. Right. I was you not know, one of um, those, by the way. Just something, you something weren't, Greg? Shocking, I know. Actually, where you use math a little bit more is because we do have so many apps and so forth today is actually while you're flying. And especially when you start flying more high-performance airplanes, mm-hmm. they start giving you cross this fix or five miles before this fix at this altitude, this airspeed. So you need to calculate what your descent rate is going to be in order for you to reach that particular point. Some of the newer airplanes, our airplanes do this for us. But if you don't have that capability in your airplane, you got to do all the math to calculate that as well. And there is an app for that. There, there is. is. And if, yes. Yeah, and if there isn't, then you have to figure out, okay, divide my you don't ground have speed it. by 60 and how many feet do I need to lose and multiply that and all that kind of stuff. Or to, there's a bunch of other little uh, swags that you can learn that to uh, figure out how many miles back do you need to start your descent. Right. Well, let's not forget, math sucks, but it can (laughs) potentially help you uh, with aviation. All right. And you have have, uh, options. There's a couple others. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. You know, and another area that won't hurt you at all is the sciences. I mean, if you think about it, um, flying is, you know, science in itself, you know, the the whole aerodynamics of uh, of aviation is it's really good to understand that, but also the physics and the weather and all of that uh, play in. So if you have a strong science background, it'll it'll help you. If you have an interest in understand weather, being able to understand and being able to, to you know to see what happens when you're looking at a prog chart and understanding where those frontal boundaries and the highs and lows are. So you know take take your time, spend a little extra effort, uh, take some additional science classes that'll pay dividends uh, and make you a better pilot. Okay, so watch more of the Weather Channel and take a lot of flights. That's what yep. I got out of what he said. <laughs> now, another thing you could do too is uh, study a foreign language. Um, you know, if you think about it, a lot of people want to be an airline pilot, right? Mm-hmm. And not everybody flies just in the United States. Um, you know, if we talk to Captain Jim, he's over in Europe a lot. So if he's going to Switzerland or France or Germany, he's they're probably not going to be speaking English in the airport, right? 
Mm-hmm. So that could be an advantage for you or even being able to talk to your passengers. If you ha- you know, have another language, um, that you can communicate and, uh, make, make it a lot better for the passenger, make it easier for you as a pilot to request services from the ground personnel at the, at the airport where English may not be their first language. Okay. Well, I flunked that's, out. That's of what spe- they have flight attendants for. Oh, is that what that, <laughs> to translate? <laughs> no, they, oh. they have to be bilingual, not the pilots. Okay, good, because I flunked out of uh, Spanish in, in college. But I, I learned some basic stuff, like hola. Okay. So I got some out of it, even though I didn't do uh, well in the long run. But yeah, another language, that makes sense. I mean, really, it's like the more education you get, the better a pilot you could potentially be. I think that's the bottom line is what you're saying, or at least this article is kind of driving sure. that point home. Yeah, it is. I mean, they're, they're saying things too, you know, physical education, obviously keeping in shape is helpful. Uh, psychology, you know, being able to understand people, uh, because as a pilot, you know, especially in an airline environment, you're going to have to deal with lots of different personalities. You're going to have to deal with passengers that are, you know, not happy because the flight's delayed or you're stuck waiting for a gate, things like that. Being able to, uh, deal with those people uh, and understanding and being able to use some of the psycho- psychological approaches to, to be able to handle those situations can mm. be very helpful. Okay. So basically if you're a little psycho, no, wait, that's not what that means. Psychologist. A a psycho- right. Uh, interpersonal communicator. I have a major in communications. Does that help me? Sure. It, it, <laughs> sure. <laughs> you never tell by listening to this show, but it's true. And on that disturbing note, we'll wrap it up. Till next time, remember, there's no better high than learning to learning fly. To fly. Just Plain Radio is brought to you by JustPlainRadio.com. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from Morbid. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. It's the only way to be sure. Just Plain Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. Just Plain Wrong. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at JustPlainRadio.com. I'm going to leave my people up to the radio tower. So tell a friend and take off every week with Just Plain Radio. And I'm going to make a call. The show devoted exclusively to fly and the aviation lifestyle. <laughs> Listen up, everybody. Nice news. The opinions you just heard on Just Plane Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. We are screwed. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. A little too far. Cross the line. There are many factors to consider before learning to fly. What is your problem? So make sure you do your own research and get the proper instruction before your exploration into aviation. Thank you very much, sir. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at JustPlaneRadio.com. <laughs>